you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks, the 10 Takeaways Podcast with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and a man who tucks his shirt in when wearing sweatpants, Rhett Lewis. Oh, yeah, whoa, 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 he whoa. Does. Yes, he does. We have evidence. There it is right there. Look at that. Uh, My wife have, is the biggest saboteur of all oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at the XO we've got going here. You have definitely this is your, unbelievable. Into your sweatpants right Guys. there. That is unacceptable, Guys. by the way. I, I, you know what? I like to keep it comfy. No draft at home, right? You don't, don't want to get it. It gets a little drafty <laughs> sometimes, you know, with the, the AC on. I, it, <sighs> gosh, I'm going to have great. I mean, We're going to have to have Kana and I are going to have a talk. Oh, this, this, uh, well, we already have all the other. We already have all the other. <laughs> you already got it. You already so sent it. You want. Uh, it's already good. It's already. It's already loaded this up. This is not. Um, all right, Bucky's yeah. going to join us in just a few minutes here, Rhett. Uh, but we can get started here on the takeaways. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Uh, I'll, I'll start us off. Ten takeaways. Uh, let's start here with a guy who had probably the best performance of the weekend. That's Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I went with the with the silly <laughs> pun of of Roger that. Rodgers alone of the shotgun. Three receivers bunch on the right. Now they get motion to the right. They fake the jet sweep. Rodgers deep drop. Throws left side of the end zone. Got his man. Touchdown, Jimmy Graham. A lunging grab at the far side pylon. Three-yard touchdown pass. Eric Harris beaten on the play. And the Packers extend to a 34-17 lead. Wow. I have a pretty revolutionary take here, Rhett. It's pretty revolutionary. <laughs> it's, it's a deep football thought. But if you cannot get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers, you will get torched. And this was a scenario of a, of a Raiders team, I think, is a good football team with one fatal flaw, and that fatal flaw is they can't rush the quarterback. And if you can't rush the quarterback, I don't care if, if you put Brett Favre out there with a bunch of high school receivers, he is going to torch you, and that's exactly what he did. Now, they found a way to spread it around, but if you look at all the big plays in this game, the pockets were pristine. Uh, they just couldn't get to Rodgers. Yeah, what didn't Max Crosby get him once? Max Crosby said, and then did the, the discount double check after it, and then it was like, yeah, oh, that's not, gonna not, that that's gonna come back to bite you, my friend. Nah. Uh, but yeah, it looks no, like the Raiders not, not wise definitely still have a long way to go in in terms of upping their pass rush production, despite the you know selection of Cleveland Farrell and then Crosby and those guys. I mean, look, they're getting better at it, it but it's clearly not where it needs to be just yet. And uh, the the two words slash one phrase that I have after watching this game is uh-oh. Like, if this is the type yeah, of passing production that the Packers are capable of now with this LaFleur offense, everyone's going to be in trouble because the Packers are a team to be reckoned with in that. So Now, I will say, the yeah. one thing that I will say for the Raiders, DJ, on the bright side, Josh Jacobs looks like the real deal. Josh Jacobs, baby. Yeah, that's he, right. He looks like no. I feel the I'm real not deal. Much, I'm not getting as much grief about uh, about that grade for I'm, some reason. A lot of people there in the draft process like to give me some grief. I'm not, I'm not hearing from him anymore. Yeah, 124 yards yesterday, almost six yards a pop, and a couple of those he made some dudes miss in a big way multiple times on the yep. same play. So there you go. 
not. He's a good player. Uh, right, keep us going. Yeah, I'll keep got. us rolling here, uh, and I'll go to uh, the Rams and their defense helping to stem the losing tide. Snap back to Ryan on second and 10. Pressure in his face. This time he'll have to eat it. Sack back at the 21. Dante Fowler missed on the first drive. This time he made sure to drag Ryan down. <laughs> so... Dante Fowler, three sacks in this game. Aaron Donald had one. And I wrote this down as I was watching these sacks. I go, oh, right tackle got one. Oh, left guard got one. Oh, right guard. Oh, that's the right oh, tackle yeah. again. Oh, left, left tackle, Jake Matthews. You have some too. And then, oh, left guard. You're not the only one that's been beaten multiple times in a game by Aaron Donald. Uh, look, everybody, maybe except for Alex Mack, got beat uh, a bunch of times for that Falcons offensive line. And so the sacks were one thing. The turnovers were another thing. The Rams as a team had been minus three in the turnover differential during their three-game losing streak. In this game, they flip it to plus three. So, you know, they I think you had Jalen Ramsey come up with the force fumble on Devontae Freeman. Uh, then you had the strip sack from Aaron Donald. And then you had the, the turnover uh, late in the game that ended up in a touchdown. Um, I think it was a special teams play, right? It was a punt return. Um, so... Look, their defense stepped up in a big way. And look, you you answer me this. Do you buy into the fact that if you're a, if you're a player on that defense or a player on that Rams team in general and you see your front office go out and make a move like that to bring in one of the elite players in football and Jalen Ramsey, that, that that has an effect on you in a way, especially on defense if you're a player on that side? No, I think it shows you that you're in, you know, yeah. and it gives you, I think there's just a sense of urgency there that like, hey, this is our time. Now, we might have sacrificed a little bit in the future with this, right? Pick, um, with some of these draft picks, but this is, uh, this is our time right now. We're coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. It's time to get rolling. And yeah. let's be honest, if you want to get rolling, a trip to, uh, to Atlanta is a pretty good place to start. I mean, once again, no sacks for this team. I mean, they, they hit the quarterback three times, which is... Gives them four total quarterback hits over the last three weeks. And, I mean, you just, yeah. I talked about it with the first point with the Raiders. If you can't get after the quarterback, it's impossible to win in this league. It's just not going to happen. And, and uh, Vic Beasley apparently has been told he's on the trading block, but like, who's going to oh, go out and get that? Who's going to go out? Who's going to go out and spend a bunch of resources for a guy who can't get any pressure? Doesn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. You know? I can confirm that they've uh, they've made those calls. So I mean, are there are there a bunch of interested teams? The only, the only thing, the only thing, well, the only thing you would think of is if you look at Fowler, right? Fowler hadn't, you know, that's true. Become the player true. the Jags wanted him to be in Jacksonville, and now you've seen a guy who obviously always had the ability is really blossoming in a new environment there with the Rams. So yeah, uh, I would imagine somebody will do it. I don't imagine it'll fetch a, a big return there. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, it's. It's definitely uh, helped get the Rams back on the right track. And no if question. If they can get their offense and Jared Goff playing at, at a high level, they've, uh, they've got a chance to make a deep run. All right, let's go to the next one here. Let's go to Minnesota, and uh, there's balance in the force. Adam Thielen motions to the right. Handoff goes to Madison. He's throwing. No, it's a bootleg. Cousins rolls left. Throws end zone. Caught Thielen. Touchdown! Yeah, they're rolling right now in Minnesota, Rhett, and they've really, when I just look for words, like how would I describe this football team, um, that's why I use the word balance. I think when you look at what they're getting out of the passing game now, especially since 
Um, Kirk Cousins was kind of called out of the lack of pass attempts, I guess I should say, yeah. uh, was discussed by Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. This offense has gone to a whole <laughs> new level. Just look at the uh, look at the logs here. Since that was a Chicago game, right? Uh, so now he's got 10 touchdowns, one pick over the last three games. That'll They're work. Putting the ball up in the air. Each game he's gone over 300 yards. Um, the, the average yards per attempt, 11.3, 11.5, 9.9. So they're getting big, explosive chunk plays. They can run the ball with Dalvin Cook. Obviously, the pass game works well off that. They've got a front that's physical enough they can get after you in the run game, and they've got pass rushers. They've got a secondary with a lot of depth and talent there. I just think when you're talking about complete football teams with Kirk Cousins playing like this, this might be the most complete team in the NFL. You might be right uh, because we, we saw what they're capable of in the run game early on, and now I feel like it's just it's just you know as you mentioned with the balance, it's become more impressive. And I don't know, was it the comments? Was it you know was it Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, or you know did did Stefanski get the message? Did Mike Zimmer kind of loosen the grip on you know saying hey let's run 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 a, run the it's ball? It's an awfully darn coincidence. Uh, you know, if it wasn't that. It, it sure is. is coincidental, but it has changed since those comments were made. It, it absolutely has, and I mean like. It's, Kirk is playing like you like that Kirk Cousins. Like he's playing with that type of confidence yeah. and that type of aggressive nature, throwing the ball down the field. I mean, like I think we go back to late in the game and it's a, uh, it's like a they're in a short yard situation and they get Stefan Diggs free down the field and and Cousins takes that mm-hmm. shot and they get it and they convert. Um, mm-hmm. You know that's really interesting uh, to me. The play action is back, obviously. I mean, like that's you know that's always been such a hallmark of of what the when the Vikings are good, that's what they're doing well. And when Cousins is playing well, they're doing that well also. So, you know, I think we have to watch out for Adam Thielen with that hamstring injury if that keeps him out. I think they're on a yeah. short week this week uh, on uh, Thursday Night Football uh, taking on uh, the Redskins. So that's, How about the rookie Irv Smith? You know what? Uh, and I, I think Five for 60, getting him involved. And listening to the broadcast, the, uh, the broadcast team was talking about in their meetings with Matt Patricia, like, Patricia was really worried about Irv Smith. Like he, they were really impressed with what he'd yeah. he'd been doing. And look, and let's say for Cousins, this is back-to-back games here where you're starting to chip away at that narrative a little bit about not playing well versus good teams. You know, good say, team. say what yeah. you want about the Eagles. Now we've seen them take a little bit of a downturn, but that had been a real that had been a good football team. And the Lions have been a really good football team this year, even though the record doesn't quite support it, especially secondary. Yeah. yeah. So look, I, I I think you're you're going a long way to kind of chipping away at that thing if you're Kirk Cousins. Uh, all right, you want me to get us uh, get us to the next uh, takeaway here, and um, you know what? Let, let's let's go to the AFC East, where no Josh Allen turnovers means no problems for the Bills. First down at the twenty. Josh takes the snap, looks, fires straight down the middle, and is caught. Touchdown! Touchdown, Buffalo! Smoke, John Brown! Touchdown, Bills! You want to talk about a team's formula to win. We talk about that a lot here on the Move the Sticks oh, Take, they have Takeaways it. They podcast. They have their formula. They have their formula. And I'm telling you right now, it's not about uh, Josh Allen passing yards, completion percentage, touchdowns, or even rushing yards. It's when he doesn't turn the ball over, they are always going to be in a position to win because their defense plays lights out. And then he makes enough big plays to let them win big games or give them an opportunity to win big games. But when he doesn't turn it over, that is the secret. I went back, went back and looked at it. All 17 games that he's started. He's only been clean in the interception column in six of those 17 games. They've won five of those six games. And in that sixth wow. one that they didn't win when he didn't throw an interception, the team, as a team, they turned it over three times. So they lost three fumbles. 
So that is that is clearly the formula. And I'm telling you, if he doesn't go, if he doesn't make two really bad decisions on three interceptions against the Patriots, we could be talking about the Bills being undefeated right now. That's their lone loss. That's how good they can be when he takes care of the football. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised Miami was able to put up as, as yeah, much that's fight true. as they did in they this did. game. They get 21 points Fitzy. up there. Fitz, you know, Fitz is always going to – Fitz, one thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick – Ryan Fitzpatrick will always keep both teams in the game. That's one thing I <laughs> say about Fitz. That he's traditionally been able to do that. Whether he's on a good team or a bad Jeez. team, he will keep both teams in, in the football game. Um, and Preston Williams for them, the rookie um, out of Colorado. Yeah. He would have been drafted if not for some character concerns. Has really uh, made some plays for, for a pretty bad pretty bad group. Yeah, Tredavious White but, uh, keeps no, making Buffalo, plays Buffalo's for Buffalo's defense, too. Yep. He's... He's just a great player. Yeah. I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get from him all day consistent. All right, we'll get to the game I was at. One of the wildest finishes <laughs> that I've Jeez. ever, ever seen at a live football game. Um, but uh, we'll get to the finish here in a second. Let's start with one thing here. It looks like there has been a quarterback upgrade in Nashville. Tannehill from the shotgun. Takes the snap. Looks. Fires down the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Titans. Corey Davis makes the catch. That was Mike Keith on the call there for the Titans, who is not only one of the best uh, play-by-play guys in the business, also one of just the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. No, that's uh, great. But what a weird game. And we'll get to the finish here, Rhett, but uh, start with Tannehill. Yeah. Tannehill, to me, uh, the, the operation time was just much quicker there than with Marcus Mariota. He was um, just trusting his eyes, getting the ball out. Chargers, a lot of zone coverage, and he was able to just find holes and, uh, and really kind of attack this group down the field, working in the middle of the field a bunch. Um, there was one, I mean, the touchdown was a, one of the touchdowns. That wasn't the one we just heard right there, but the one to Tajay Sharp. The Chargers rush two, drop nine Ugh. inside the red zone and give up a wide open touchdown. How so does that happen? A, a coverage bust there. That's yeah, a great question. <laughs> uh, but the offensive line, they had some, uh, some issues there. Conklin got hurt, and, uh, and Joey Bosa was, was really getting after Dennis Kelly there on the edge. But I thought Tannehill, you know, he just continued to kind of hang in the pocket and, and yeah. made a lot of big throws. And when that, when that team, with the way they should be able to run the ball, which they were able to get Derrick Henry going a little bit, when you get Ryan Tannehill uh, throwing for 312 yards and a couple touchdowns, um, it's a good football team. The defense is outstanding. I actually thought it was the best that Phillip Rivers had played all year long. He had a, he had a good game uh, moving up and down the field. But it was – have you ever seen an ending like that? We uh, the ending. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. When you think you've scored – you know, you, you don't twice, twice, <laughs> and then you end up coughing it up to lose it. Oh man! You celebrate two game-winning touchdowns. Yeah, on the field, on the sideline. Uh, I mean, Matt Money Smith had some incredible uh, <laughs> calls. Touchdown! They calls, wasted they them. Never be heard. Oh will, my god! Yeah, wasted them all. Uh, but no, I mean, they had. I thought Eckler on the touchdown pass. On the replays that we were looking at, I didn't think it was conclusive enough where they could overturn that because he had the ball real tight. You couldn't see yeah. where the football was in relationship to the goal line. Um, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think that would be overturned. But okay, but he was, now, <laughs> he, he was in. Now he was in on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was just it was bizarre. And then and then uh, Melvin really fumbled twice. Melvin Gordon fumbled the he first did. one. Um, it was just a matter of whether or not his knee was down before he fumbled. And then, sure enough, he, he fumbles again. And I did ask Anthony Lynn after the game what the plan was if he didn't get in with the time remaining. Would you have spiked it and right. just kicked the field goal to go to overtime? And he said, no, they had a fade called. So they would have had time to get under get up, center throw one just more. pop a fade up probably to Mike Williams. If he doesn't catch it, you still have a couple seconds left. You come out there and kick the field goal. So <laughs> I, I don't necessarily hate the – 
the play calling. I mean, it's it's literally you're talking about half a foot. Um, yeah. If you can't get that with a with a you know, I know you've got some backups in there along the offensive line, but you got a big back. Uh, go create some space, and uh, just was not able to do that. But the fumbling, you can't. I mean, that just can't happen. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, on the flip side for Tennessee, uh, can we go back and talk about Jeffrey Simmons for a minute? He was great on the goal. The, great, the crazy thing is that's not even the best version of Jeffrey Simmons. He's not even moving like the Jeffrey Simmons we saw at Mississippi State and still had a huge impact on this game. Bro, that, that's just the beginning yeah, for him. That penetration on the goal line, I mean – Holy oh, yeah. smokes. Is that Schofield that he took back like that? Um, I, th- I think he got Schofield on one. He might have got Feeney on another one. Oh. Yeah. And he, he is just – and it's interesting because body type-wise, he even looks a little different. He was a, he looked a little bit leaner. He did. Um, and moved really yeah. well at Mississippi State. And then this is a big – just a powerful, powerful human being. I don't think he's necessarily even in football shape. I think once he is in football shape, you'll really see him even lean out a little bit more, and you'll see him with more, you know, first-step explosiveness. This was just raw strength and power on display. In this well, I, I think you're absolutely right because, like, when we, we were here last week saying, oh, Jeffrey Simmons is, is going to practice this week. Okay, we may see him in a couple of weeks. I did yeah. not expect him to be activated That's right away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. so I think we've I talked seen- to John Robinson before the game, and he said 25 snaps, so they were going to and I was kind of like, wow, that's kind of a lot here. First, right. first time out, 25 snaps, and sure enough. Clearly, you see why they felt like they had to make him the 19th overall pick, knowing they weren't going to get him for half the season. <laughs> he's that good. Wow, uh, he's a top, he was a top five pick. Sure. You know, sure. A top five pick if, if he's not injured. So, I mean, it was uh, looks like it's going to end up working out pretty well here for the Titans. Uh, let's keep All it right. going here. Let's do it. Uh, big Sunday night football game. Uh, Dak delivers. Jarwin in motion from left to right. Now motion from right to left from Amari Cooper. Prescott play action. Rolling right, pumping. He's going to run. Dak Prescott to the five. Dives in for the touchdown. And Dak Prescott may have just put this one away. 36-10 to 10 as Prescott takes it in from the eight for six. Well, Rhett, the interesting thing about these, uh, you know, these games when I'm traveling. So I'm coming back on the Chargers plane. I don't, I don't, have, I'm not, don't have the internet on there, so I don't know no what Wi-Fi. happened in these games. I literally land. No Wi-Fi. I land and I uh, and I pop up my phone and it's like, okay, boom. You know, Cowboys thirty-seven to ten. They smashed them. And I know that the Cowboys' offensive line has come back healthy. So the narrative you kind of build in your mind before you watch the tape is the Cowboys' offensive line dominated this football game. Yeah. They're all back together, and then that kind of made everything else go. And then I go flip on the tape. And and I say, look, you know, actually the Eagles were able to get some pressure on Dak Prescott. This was not an you know just an easy game. The windows down the field, you know, a lot of tight window throws. What I saw in this tape were three guys: Dak Prescott making big time throws, yep. like top ten quarterback type throws. I saw Amari Cooper winning one on one, you know, yeah. once in spectacular fashion on a double move, and oh. then other times tracked a deep ball over the shoulder. But it was a premier, you know, a premier player playing at a premier level. And then I saw Zeke Elliott, you know, even when he got some room here and there, but he created his own room. He made people miss. He finished runs, yards after contact. So I saw in a big time game, it's the old Deion Sanders thing, right? Big time players make yeah. big time plays in big time games. I thought the stars, no pun intended, for the Cowboys showed up in this game. No question. And I think you got to include Demarcus Lawrence in that, too, because he made life very difficult yep. for Lane Johnson and, and whatever side he ended up lining up on uh, to take advantage of that uh, offensive line of the Eagles. Now, the other thing I'll say is if you're Philly, you can't come into Dallas 
in a game like this and spot them 14 points on two turnovers. You had the Goddard mm-hmm. fumble, and then you had the, the Wentz struck, put it on the ground, and they took 14 points right, right off the bat, off those two turnovers. That can't, I mean, like, how do you dig yourself out of that just like that? Um, especially when you got a team in. And where are the dynamic plays going to come from? Right, right. How do you get back into the game without Deshaun Jackson in a game breaking type of situation, you know? Um, so that's, look, that's. That's a tough call. So now if you're the Eagles, and I wanted to ask you this, like, and I'm going to ask you this on the aftermath too when we get on uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Are the Eagles good enough for Howie to go out and make a move to make them better before the deadline? Like, is it worth it? That's a great call. It's a, it's a great call because to me, you make moves when you are a team desperate to get to the postseason and you right. haven't been in a while, or you make a move because you're hunting a Super Bowl. And you have to ask yourself and have a real discussion, you know, is this a Super Bowl caliber team with some of the, the roster holes? I mean, it looks really, Rhett, when you watch the tape, they just look slow. Yeah. The team just looks slow. Um, no, no explosive plays in the offense down the field. And I know Deshaun's not there, but you had to know with his history that you, you weren't going to get yeah. him for a full season. That yeah. wasn't going to happen. Uh, but then defensively, secondaries look slow. Um, there's no, you know, they rushed the passer a little bit better this week um, than they have recently. Yeah. But still, no fastballs coming off the edge. Derek Barnett, you know, got some pressure. Brandon Graham's going to have show you some power. Fletcher Cox uh, showed up a little bit inside. He's their dynamic player, but. They need some speed off the edge. They need speed on the perimeter on offense. Um, and then offensive line-wise, doesn't play well. Well, and that's what that's what kind of made my antenna go up a little bit when I heard Vic Beasley on the trading block. Like, okay, does Philly feel like they have enough to where he could make an, a, a difference off the edge? I don't know. I can't imagine it's going to cost you much. Right, right. And I don't I mean, know where he's at contract-wise either. Yeah. Um, that's obviously something you got to weigh into. He's got to be coming into the end of his deal. He's got to be coming to the end of his deal because he was in that same class as Fowler. So that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's so just something is, to think yeah, about. Just a little rental. Uh, okay, I'll get us to our next takeaway here. And uh, man, that's with the Saints. The Saints they got some chameleon in them. Eleventh play of the drive. Three oh two left to play here in the third. Saints lead at nineteen to ten. Bridgewater under center. Quick throw out to the side. Taysom Hill across the goal line. Touchdown. Taysom Hill. Look, I think my, it was my takeaway two weeks ago that I said Sean Payton was the coach of the year in the NFL. Um, Ibid. Mm-hmm. I stand by that remark right now because the fact that the Saints are five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater as the starter, and they get to that fifth win, not only down Drew Brees, but down their best offensive skill player, maybe their best player in the team in Alvin Kamara, going up against the defense in Chicago that is, you know, we view as elite, uh, and I think we're seeing just what a difference it makes when they don't have Akeem Hicks, but I think we're seeing, you know, to go in without your two best players, not only on offense, but on the team, and get a win in Chicago against a really good defense they deserve all the credit in the world. So does Teddy Bridgewater. I'm happy to have been proved wrong uh, that he's found a way to win football games here for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Sean Payton deserves all the credit for putting them in situations where he can accentuate his strengths and still find ways to get the ball to Mike Thomas. Uh, they did it without Jared Cook as well, who you know, I know hasn't been a huge player for him. But, but man, I mean, it's, imp- it's impressive. Death by a million paper cuts passing attack. <laughs> yeah, game, would, uh, which yeah. Teddy, Teddy's very comfortable in. And he got that done. I talked to somebody um, that has a uh, you know, close relationship with somebody in the building there uh, with the Saints. And when Drew Brees got hurt, I was told, okay, they think Drew's probably going to miss six games. And 
the hope the hope is that they can go 500. Right. If they can go three and three in those six games and get Drew back and they feel like they can make a run, they haven't lost a game. I mean, that to me, <laughs> you talk about Sean Payton, coach of the year. I don't know how you give it to anybody else. I mean, there's been, you know, Frank Reich's done a wonderful job. There's some other uh, candidates, but uh, to me, he is the coach of the year. And I think the other thing with this team is every week when we talk about the quarterback position and, and how they're able to do it and the different stars they have on offense, and every week their defensive line completely dominates a football game. Yeah. The Bears couldn't run the ball, right? Seven no. carries. They, they have it all season. Seven times. They threw it 54 times, uh, 17 rushing yards in this game. So they, they just completely eliminated that, and then they can hunt the quarterback in their Cam group Jordan, Cam two Jordan sacks. and company. Yep. Um, they're, they're just really, really good up front. So, you know, I talk about complete teams, and I mentioned the Minnesota Vikings. I think New Orleans Saints, I think that's that's uh, that's probably the two right there. You talk about yeah. the two most complete teams. The Patriots, I put in the Patriots in their own little category because they, they just do things differently there yeah. uh, and have their formula. But and if you're looking at rosters and complete rosters, um, I, I think the Saints and the Vikings, I'd put them right there. I, look, I think uh, just a couple of things here. I think the final four in the NFC is getting a lot more interesting than it was oh, at the beginning be of this season. 49ers, the Niners. undefeated. <laughs> Packers rolling right now. And then you've got the yep. Saints. You know, you throw in, you know, maybe the Seahawks slash Cowboys in that one of those spots. And the Vikings. you got the Vikings. I, this is getting really fun in the NFC. And we'll talk about that as well in our aftermath heat check a bit later this afternoon. Uh, but then the other thing on the Saints, as you were talking about their plan, if they could go 500. Okay, so they got the Cardinals next at home. No way I'm putting Drew Brees out in yeah. that game. I mean, why? Why? You yeah. should be able to win that game at home. Then they got a bye week. Yeah. They got a bye week. And then they've got four straight in the division, okay, against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, abysmal right now. The Bucks, yeah. you know, they are who they are. And then the Panthers have been playing pretty well. And then the Falcons again. So, I mean, we're going to be talking about this team possibly six, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven and one going into week week yeah. 13 or week 14. That's the uh, interesting thing, too, yeah. is, um, you know, I, I would be for giving Drew even more time. And Teddy's done a great job. But sure. when you look at Green Bay six and one, you prefer not to go to Lambeau in the postseason. I would for agree. A, for a championship game. <laughs> I would and agree. You also look at San Francisco, who's uh, who's sitting there undefeated. So, um, and everybody knows the advantage they have of playing in that dome. So um, they've got to continue to uh, to put their best foot forward, see if they can get home field advantage all throughout. But it is, you're right, the NFC is going to be a a fun race. All right. Well, the next one for me, uh, look, the Baltimore Ravens. This team's a problem. The Ravens bunch seven along the line. They'll rush five. Wilson steps up, pumps once, throws along the near sideline. Intercepted, picked off, and going to the house. It's Marcus Peters, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Ravens. And welcome to the Ravens secondary, Marcus Peters. I'll tell you what, there's a formula for beating the Seahawks at home. You just need to have two non-offensive touchdowns. Uh, That's (laughs) what the Saints did up there. And now we see it once again here with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, But look, this this Ravens team is is so difficult to prepare for because you just don't see what they do offensively ever. And and Rhett, we're going to talk about in the aftermath, you can look at the touchdown run on the fourth and two with Lamar Jackson. They just don't know how to fit it up. They do not know how to fit it up. you got four guys literally behind each other, lined up in a straight line in the same gap. That's not good. And uh, and it's just easy. Lamar Jackson cuts it up inside. But I want to revisit what I talked about last week because if you listen to the show last week on the takeaways, 
I, I pleaded with the Baltimore Ravens, let's, let's, let's let Lamar run, but let's do it more out of the organic nature of the offense. Let him scramble not quite as many design quarterback runs. And when we look at the scrambles, he's getting big chunks of yardage, and he wasn't taking punishment because the defense expands. There's lots of room for him to explore uh, without you know getting killed. And even though he scored a touchdown on a design quarterback run, if you look at their five, he had five carries of 10-plus yards in this game. Four of them were scrambles. Wow. That totaled that totaled 94 yards. That's a lot. On scramble. <laughs> That's a lot, and man. That it's to backbreakers, me is too. A huge huge for this offense and that's like you're trying to it's a political season right I endorse that plan yeah. I endorse letting Lamar Jackson scramble let him scramble as much as he wants he carried the ball 20 times yeah when they come out of scrambles as opposed to design quarterback runs and their their runs of 10 28 13 30 13 yards all on scrambles. Now, tell me also, though, the effect that has on a defense and their their mentality and their mindset. Because I, I, to me, explosive pass game plays are backbreakers. But then also, when you feel like you're covering and then the, the quarterback scrambles, for it's just like those are soul crushers, man. Uh, just m- momentum-wise, if you believe in all that stuff, well, I mean, th- well, those are it, tough think plays. Think about it. Think about it. Get in the head of a pass rusher. Yeah. Get in the head of a pass rusher. When you've got the thought in your mind, like, gosh, don't get caught up field. If I get caught up field, he's gone. So not now you don't get to just focus on beating your man any way possible, which nine times out of ten you're playing quarterbacks in the NFL. I just got to beat the guy in front of me. It doesn't matter if I go through him inside, outside. I just got to beat him, and then I'm going to navigate my way toward the quarterback. Yeah. You can't do that against the Baltimore Ravens. You get caught up field, he's gone. It's 20, <laughs> it's over. later. over. And I think that Baltimore defense deserves some credit in this game. They played really well, uh, especially after the first Russell Wilson touchdown. Um, and – you know, I think they what they held them to like three hundred and something total yards, which is pretty darn impressive. I think Chris Carson yeah. still got. Uh, where, where did he end up here? I think he ended yeah, up with sixty five. Yeah, sixty five. So look, that you hold the the Seahawks under hundred rushing there from their main guy. I mean, you're you're doing something well. So I think they finally showed up. The Marcus Peters. Look, he does what he does, yeah, right? You get two defensive touchdowns. That's yeah. the game. That's yeah. the game. They won That's by fourteen it. points. They got two defensive touchdowns. That's it for sure. All right, we got our guy Bucky back in the mix here. The uh, Buck, great to see you, man. Let's uh, let's uh, let's roll through. We got a couple. You got a couple takeaways here before we roll out of here. What do you got? 49ers defense continues to flex. We're going through the record books. It looks like the 49ers have never won a game previously by the score. Nine nothing. Nick Bosa will have the exclamation point, and then he will go on the slip and slide with a forward slide on the field here after he got Case Keenum from behind, and now it is Case closed. <laughs> Real quick before you get in, because you just heard the call there. Yeah, uh, that's the friendly home side, right? That's yeah. that's the 49ers on the road against the Redskins. <laughs> that's their call. broadcast call. Before you get your takeaway, I, I want to see if this was a, as appreciated, shall we say, by the the Redskins announcers. Four man rush, case to throw, heat for the backside. He's sacked at the nine yard line, and that'll do it. Niners go sliding as though they were soccer players in the left corner of the field as the clock hits zeros and the Niners are all sliding over the field they're looking like a bunch of fools out there Cooley but they win the game they win the game final score here at FedEx Field Niners none excuse me Niners nine and you know what Christian's going to remember that one day you watch I mean, can we, can, look, come on. Everybody likes playing in the rain. I mean, we all like playing in the rain, right? Everyone likes to 
Get on a slip and slide. Really? I mean, they're gonna regret. They're gonna regret this. That's the hill they're we're gonna, gonna die on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's a break. That's a tough one, but this risk. I mean, this 49ers defense is absolutely legit. Um, when I look at just the way that they're constructed, the five first rounders along the front line, uh, the way they've upgraded in the in the secondary, they got good young play at linebacker. I mean, they are terrific, and they really masked an offensive performance that was eh. From uh, yeah, Jimmy they, Garoppolo yeah. and the rest of the squad, but You're that right. defense. Playing a monsoon though, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. They decided they were going to run the. Yeah, I mean, I mean, both teams were going to run the rock. In this yeah, game. they were committed yeah. to running the rock. But look for the 49ers to to play the way that they played. I think we have to really start considering them a team that is one of the heavyweight contenders. Better believe in it. that conference. And so uh, when I look at them and I look at the rest of the NFC West, because the NFC West is really shaping up to be the best division in football when you have everyone that is over 500 you have the 49ers sitting there yeah uh undefeated but you still have the seahawks you have the rams, rams get back like yeah. they got a little life and then arizona has quietly won three in a row and so um we'll see if this defense can kind of carry them over the threshold but at some point their offense is going to have to give them a little more you know who got the game ball in this game from the 49ers oh Kyle Shanahan, right no, nope. Mike, Mike Shanahan gets the game ball in this oh, little wow. Shanahan revenge game, right? As uh, he goes back oh, to when his. Go. Uh, but when, hey, go ahead. Look, look, look at this. Look at this schedule though going up. So you're trying to figure out how good this 49er team is. Get the Panthers next next uh, next game out here on the 27th. So that's coming up. Uh, that'll be a great test to see how they do against the Panthers. Then you're going to get two games with the Seahawks down the road. They're going to go at the Ravens at the Saints back to back weeks at the beginning mm. of December. Um, so we're not going to have to wonder. Like I, I've been saying for a long time, I think we've all said on this show that we, we're buying the 49ers. We believe in the 49ers. I feel like there's some people out there saying, well, you know, they just have kind of that one win over the Rams, and that's really kind of their only somewhat marquee win, and people kind of poo-poo what they've done. Uh, yeah. well, look, we'll know. There is going to be yeah. a full trial, and we will find out if uh, if they are the real deal. They got five of six division games remaining. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the stretch that you talked about down at the end of the season is significant, but what they could do is they can get ahead of the curve. If they can run out and get maybe to eight or nine wins right now, it takes a lot of pressure off of them down the stretch. But at some point, yeah, we will see how good and how legit this squad is. You talked about that Ravens game at the end, and I heard you guys talking about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens yeah. and how they kind of are finding them, themselves. Yeah, man, this man, this league season is going to be so great. It's going to be so, so great to watch it down the end. That's funny, man. It, it, it is, it's going to be it's going to be a very competitive NFC, especially. Uh, all right, Buck, give us one more here. What do you got? Here we go, the Colts. They are the team to be in the AFC. We're set out of the gun on third and five. Floats right side on a crossing pattern. Zach Pascal makes a man miss. Jumps over the pile at the goal line. No signal yet. That's a touchdown. Zach Pascal on eleven yard throw from Jacoby Brissett. Man, who would have thought that the Indianapolis Colts would be sitting at the top of the AFC South when Andrew Luck like retired right on the eve of the season? Yeah. But they have continued to be a team that impresses, and they impress in a variety of different ways. Uh, Jacoby Brissett played arguably his best game as a pro. 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, uh, outdueled Deshaun Watson, who we've talked about being an MVP candidate. And when I look at this team and the way that they play, they just are, they're just they just a rock-solid uh, team. They can run it. They can throw it defensively. They have young guys that can get after Chief. it. And so, look, I think Chris Ballard has done a really good job of building a quote-unquote team. And I know a lot of times in this league we talk about quarterback play and being quarterback-centric. I think this is the biggest uh, indictment or the, the biggest 
an example of building a complete team because this team lost Andrew Luck, one of the guys that we've talked about being maybe one of the best quarterbacks in our league. They lose him and they don't skip a beat. It says a lot about the depth and the talent that they had in place with or without number 12. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'll agree with you on that. Jacoby Brissett played a really good game here. Um, that young defense is is impressive. Darius Leonard back makes a, a big difference. Um, but then, you know, just for the Texans, man, it's just it's so disappointing. You know, they go up and down. They a you know, big win over the Chiefs, and you come back and you lose this game. I know Deshaun Watson had a touchdown taken off the board from a terrific play he made an athletic play to get out of a couple of sacks had a defender at his ankles and the officials called him dead uh and called the play dead and he ended up throwing a touchdown at deandre hopkins you know things like that make a difference but um i'm not i'm also not counting the texans out yet either no i mean i don't i don't think you necessarily Here's my question yeah count them out what you got dj uh, bucky i got a question for you i got a question for buck so if i had told you after the chiefs made their decision to trade d ford bring in Frank Clark, let Justin Houston walk, that as we sit right now through, what are we, through seven weeks of the season, mm -hmm. Justin Houston has four sacks, D. Ford has four and a half sacks, Frank Clark has three sacks. Mm. That, mm. You know, last year, remember we just killed trade the Kansas eight, City defense? Trade eight for three. Maybe the Kansas City defense did have some players. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they, I mean, they it's, did. It's like, interesting. Just well, it was it. interesting because I felt like Justin Houston and D. Ford, I felt like D. Ford played great for Kansas City yeah. last year, and I know um, – people have discussed like Frank Clark being an sides over D Ford and kind of freaked out. And then with Justin Houston, he had been so good for so long, but really injuries had kind of caught up with him. You talk about those two guys, man. Kansas City yeah. certainly could use those. But Justin Houston has been a nice addition to what they have on the Colts defense. Can I uh, – now that we're, we've wrapped up our, our 10 takeaways here, can I give one bonus takeaway real quick? Bonus. All right, go ahead. Bonus takeaway yep. coming from Conference USA. Oh. Southern Miss La Tech in a – terrific rivalry game down in Ruston, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Happened to be there for that one. Uh, DJ, you had mentioned you did... And DJ's taking off his headset. Look at that. Just like that. <laughs> taking off his headset. Wow. Um, okay. I want to hear about you hear about it? Okay, great. I want to hear about it. Because DJ had said that he thought uh, when he was looking at the at draftable players in that team that Legereus Sneed, the safety, was probably their 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 best prospect. And, and you know, senior bowl, senior bowl watch list guy. But you got to go back and look at Amik Robertson. Amik Robertson. 21 for Louisiana Tech. He's a five foot nine corner. Ooh, that's kind of tiny now. He's like their second leading tackler. He's tiny, though. Biggest hit of the game came from Amik How Robertson. Big is he? He's he had three interceptions of the best quarterback in Conference USA, Jack Abraham. Oh, okay. That's this game of his life. He had three picks? Three picks. He's the, he is FBS's current active leader in career interceptions. Okay. How many does he have? He's got 14. Oh, that's a lot of interceptions. That reminds me of the kid that we saw was the East West game. <laughs> it's, it's, it was the East West game, Jimmy I'm Moreland. just telling you, go back and look at the tape, okay? And just remember this when Path the draft you, starts rolling around. Do I, get, do I get to hear your voice on that? You should. I get to hear you. Hold on. Hold on. Are we, are we still talking about Conference USA? Yeah, we're we talking are. about yeah. Conference USA. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah okay. that's what I'm talking okay. about right Sorry, now. I blacked out for a little bit there. And that was on our network? It was on our network, my friend. All right. We got to get out of here. All right, we got to get out of here. Yeah, we got to roll. All right, boys, it's been fun, man. Thank you guys uh, for downloading uh, the podcast. Appreciate you leaving us those uh, ratings and reviews there on Apple Podcasts. Drop a question. We'll answer it on the Thursday episode. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.